0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your host. And today we have as our guest, Lisa Sanfilippo who is a nurse and she's got a whole bunch of credentials behind initials. The initials are longer than her name is. So she's got a lot of experience and she is also the uplift your life transformation coach. Uh, She has the San Filippo Institute for personal transformation. And as a professional registered nurse, a quantum success coaching Academy law of attraction certified coach and a profile by Sanford health and nutrition coach, She helps struggling heart-centered women, professionals, and entrepreneurs who know they are meant for more, create and manifest unlimited abundance, quantum success, and a life they love. Through life coaching and training services, she teaches women how to apply real-world success principles, holistic approaches, and the law of attraction to promote quality of life, health, and well-being in mind, body, and spirit, and personal and professional success so they can show up to being their best self, living their best life. Having gone through her own healing and transformational journey, she's a big promoter of self-care. She's personally struggled with high demands, persistent stress, and other challenges of working in a fast-paced, rapid cycle change environment of healthcare, combined with the struggles of coping with a family member with a serious health condition. She understands that it can be challenging for busy career women and professionals to stay mindful of creating work-life balance and a life they love while pursuing career goals So welcome, Lisa.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. I just really want to thank you for the gift and the blessing of um, the invitation to come on your podcast show and to be able to serve you and the audience. Uh, It's just, I feel so blessed to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because for some reason, I have been running into nurses all over the place. And the big word that they use is burnout. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about that later on. Um, mm-hmm. Burnout, of course, applies in many other uh, careers as well. So you, Absolutely. Work with, you work with not only nurses, but also with entrepreneurs and other people in general.
1: Yeah, I, I primarily focus on women. And what I found, um, as you're right, it, it burnout or stress or being overwhelmed, if you're, a, you know, a mother or a wife and, and a career person, it it, it transcends across all different, um, you know, careers, you know, even entrepreneurs, uh, people like yourself, I, I just came into more and more conversations with people realizing that this isn't something that just affected me. And so Initially, when I started my business, I just wanted to work with people in healthcare. And I just thought that, you know, there's so many more people out there that I could help. And I love the stimulation, the variety of just focusing on women and seeing how I can uplift them and help them to create a life that they really truly love and that they feel great doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So, how did you come to this work? What is your journey?
1: My journey. Uh, Well, you know, I've been in healthcare for over 30 years. And um, along the way, you know, it was a very, very rewarding career. I always felt very satisfied, whether it was um, helping my patients or helping um, my organization achieve their goals. And um, along the way, though, there was this I would call it this calling inside of me ever since I was a teenager, I always loved personal development mm-hmm. and I just couldn't, you know, and I just always loved helping people and helping them to just show up and be their best self. And I think that was one of my strengths when I got into nursing leadership. However, along the way, um, the last 10 years of my career when I was in nursing leadership, um, my last job, which I was there for about six years, um, I was hired into a very good organization, but they were on their journey to become even better. And so they merged with a five hospital health system. And so initially I was, uh, as, a, as a leader in that organization, I um, had a very large span of control. I oversaw two critical care nursing units. I had over a hundred direct reports.
0: Wow.
1: And yeah, every single one of them reported to me. And, you know, and
0: any it seems like there know, should have been a couple of other people in between you.
1: <laughs> well, I did have administrative coordinators, one for each unit. They acted like assistant nurse managers, but they still directly reported to me. So, yes, right. there was some support and resources um, available to help me with that. But it's still a very large span of control. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you're dealing with a culture of. You have the Legacy Hospital merging with a five hospital health system and and dealing with the challenges of identity and holding on to the way that we've always done things. And so here you have this organization and your leader challenged with creating a lot of culture change Mm -hmm. and a lot of positive changes. Many healthcare organizations out there now are on what we call the Magnet Journey, which is a measurement of nursing excellence that um, you become a designated center by the American Nurses Credentialing Center. Mm-hmm. So it's not—it's something that you just don't apply for one day and you have it the next day. It is a multi-year process mm-hmm. of getting aligned with excellence and demonstrating excellence and creating a culture of uh, empowerment and accountability and healthy work environments. So. You know, having having that large span of control and a culture of rapid cycle change and all of the government regulations, you know, coming down on you and things that you had to meet, um, you know, it, it, it creates a lot of work to do that. And so I found myself in the process, even though I was a big supporter of self-care, not only for myself and my team, it became harder and harder and harder to care for myself. Um, I, I didn't have time to work out. I was working 10, 12, sometimes 16-hour days, easily over 60 hours a week. I had um, a one-hour commute each way to and from work. So I would leave my house about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I wouldn't get home till 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Or sometimes it was even later than that. I would stay over and work till 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning because you were expected to be visible and present, present to all the staff on all the various shifts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just got to the point where, um, so that being said, let me back up. So that being said, I was going through all of that. And then my reprieve and my self-care was to go to, uh, we had a place at the beach for the weekends. And that's where I did a lot of my Mm self-care. So, but every time I had the downtime and where I found the opportunity to really connect to my higher power, I just had at the soul level, like really in the power center of my body, I would feel the aching and the calling that I was just meant to be doing more and meant to to make a difference in other ways, to inspire and uplift people in other ways. And I stayed in my comfort zone for the longest time, and I kept ignoring that and pushing that down until finally, you know – When I started getting to the law of attraction work in 2010 and I started doing the transformational work Mm -hmm. um, and to really get in clear alignment with how I wanted my life to be, how I wanted my career to be, how I wanted my relations to be, how I wanted to feel as a person, you know, and how I wanted to show up in the world because I felt like with all of that responsibility and all those demands, I started not showing up to the best and fullest of my potential, whether it be in my marriage or as a mother or in my career. And I didn't like that feeling. So, um, you know, with a lot of reflection and and just feeling burnout and knowing I had this calling, I just finally said, you know what? You got to do it, Lisa, because life is so short. You Mm -hmm. have this calling and you have these gifts and these seeds are planted for a reason and -hmm. you need to follow that. So that's kind of really how I got into it.
0: Great, I, I appreciate that. So, um, so how long did you sit in the state of burnout though before you before you recognized that you needed to make a change?
1: Um, looking back, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. It's it's you know hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Um, I knew before I took my last nurse management position. So I used to work in Maryland in in the nursing leadership position. And then my husband and I, we moved to Pennsylvania. And so I was in my last position for six years. And I, looking back, I saw the signs before that, but I'm still feeling good. And I was able to maintain and and still show up. Uh I saw, I saw the little signs creeping in and um, probably though for a good five years, a good five years, I sat in that, of that constant stress, that accumulated stress, that constant. It really felt like for six years I was in that position. It honestly felt like six years of going Mach 10 with my hair on fire. And that's the best way that I can describe it. Or being on that um, perpetual hamster wheel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's just no, no opportunity for a, like a, a deep breath you know what I mean? There's no opportunity for like that rest. And there were many times my husband would pick me up um, where my hospital was located. Um, It was like on the way to the beach. So I leave my car on Friday evenings um, Mm -hmm. at the hospital in the parking garage and my husband would pick me up on the way. And literally I got to the point where I was so numb that when he would pick me up, and my brain was just so overwhelmed with the constant bar- bombardment of uh, people coming at me and putting out fires and the demands and the responsibilities of producing results, that he would pick me up and he would say, for the two hour ride, I wouldn't say one word hmm. in the car. Mm-hmm. That I was just exhausted. And it's sad that I sat in that position, you know, in that feeling of burnout for so long and to make matters worse. And just like many, many mothers out there, many wives, I had, um, a family member who struggled with substance abuse disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, if some people don't know, they kind of the terminology they use now, but it was drug addiction mm-hmm. and it's been an ongoing, um, challenge for about 16 years of recovery and relapse. And so to have this other heavy weight sitting over here as a mom, Mm -hmm. trying to show up in a job that required, you know, and when you're a leader, you're required to show up. It doesn't kind of matter Mm -hmm. what you have going on in your personal life. You are expected to show up.
0: And be happy and smiling. And yes.
1: Yes. And be that motivation and inspiration and that Mm -hmm. leader for your team And there were days, I honestly, what was things that were going on with my loved one that I almost couldn't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And then to have to put on that happy face and go to work. And, you know, it got to the point where some days I just had to close the door to my office just so I, I could cry or, and it wasn't crying about the demands of the job. It was just that I was feeling so sad inside with what was going on with my loved one and where they were in their life.
0: And so you probably had the constant fear also that you were going to get that phone call.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like is today going to be the day? Uh Um, But I can tell you when I, in 2010 when I started getting into the law of attraction work, Um, And I dabbled with it at first, you know, applying it, deliberately applying it in my life. And it really isn't until you use it on a consistent basis that you can really shift and shift your vibration and really create that positive, deliberate change in your life. But I would start applying that with what was going on with my son, Mm -hmm. you know. And when I did that, I found that I could shift myself, that I didn't have to stay in this low vibratory state because the more and more I stayed in grief, and sadness, or anger, or resentment, or worry, the more and more I was attracting that into my life. Right. But if I shifted myself up and out of that to feelings of being hopeful, or seeing him, like visualizing him, you know, healthy and well and vibrant, and, um, you know, healing and recovering, um, you know, those things were happening. Certainly we can't control other people, but I could certainly control my own thoughts and my own emotions and and what I was attracting in my life. And then I started also applying that in my job Mm -hmm. and finding ways to shift my vibration and my perspective of how I looked at my job or how I was showing up and filling in my job. And so all of that worked and I was able to elevate myself and bounce back. It's that resilience piece of bouncing back. Mm -hmm. But the one thing, all of the transformational work that I did, all of the application of uh, the law of attraction in my life, the one thing that that can't do is it cannot, it cannot help you follow your purpose and your passion. That's up to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it can't fix that. It can't fix the burnout. If you have to follow something that's a calling inside of you you need to that's that's the solution.
0: You have to live your purpose. Yeah.
1: Yes. Did, did that make sense what I just said?
0: <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I really appreciated that, you know, so far you've been talking about all of the things that have happened in your life regarding resilience, but you're also talking about the accountability and that you are the one who's responsible for what's going on in your life and if you are burned out it's your responsibility it's not the hospital's fault it's not it's not your patient's fault it's not all those other people's fault it's you need to accept the responsibility for that shift that you make so how um, how soon or how long, what is the timeline, that's a better way to put it, of when you began exploring the law of attraction to determining that you needed to do something else with your life?
1: Um, let me see here. So I was introduced to the law of attraction in 2010. And like I said, I started just playing around with and applying it, but not consistently in my life probably 2010, 2011. Um, as I progressed, I know it was in, I it was using it more consistently and getting results in like 2013 and 14. And then I was introduced to, and it's one of those things, once you start applying it, mm-hmm. people, places, things, resources start showing up in your life. And so right. that's when I was introduced to Christy Whitman mm-hmm. and her Quantum Success Coaching Academy. And one of the things through through my process of applying it, and doing work at home and reflecting, I knew that one of the things that I was very strong in and also had a passion for was I love teaching people. Um, in my previous life in healthcare, I also spent seven years in training and development.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, when I looked at and reflected on As a leader, because I love leading people, but what do I also, what what creates bliss for me? It was that working one-on-one and coaching people, like when I would have performance appraisals or with my administrative coordinators and helping them develop and grow. So it was that one-on-one interaction and I knew that I was good at coaching. Mm So um, that's all kind of like initiated my interest in the Quantum Success Coaching Academy. And I was really getting more and more and more into energy work and I really loved um, you know, I think Western medicine is great, but the more and more I did the work and the more and more I did personal development and, and learning more about other energy modalities and you know other holistic approaches out there, I have mm-hmm. definitely swung this the pendulum to a much more holistic approach. And so that's what attracted me to um, her coaching academy. So I got my, um, started my certification. It's a year long program in 2014 and i finished in the fall of uh, 2015 and then i spent about six months kind of like really frustrated because working the 60-hour work weeks i was having struggling like how do i get this business started how do i get this going you know what i mean Mm -hmm. right because i thought initially i thought oh i could i could keep my same leadership job and then start this on the side but i was like i'm already burned out how am i going to put something else well, more onto my plate. Right. And um, so that's when I just really had to make the courageous decision and that, that jump, <laughs> holding on from one trapeze bar and swinging it over to the other trapeze bar and just letting go and, and just having the courage to do that and know that um, it was the right move. And I think when you do the law of attraction work, you really have to be in a place of allowing – and and knowing that once you get clear about what it is you do want, you have to let go of the resistance of when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I've just kind of been on that that journey since then, and just trying to follow my intuition to guide me and direct me on what's what's my next best move.
0: And how did you feel when you made that shift from <sighs> um, okay? <laughs>
1: You saw my face, right? I did, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was literally the most freeing experience I ever had. I remember I felt such joy and such elation to take that inspired action. Mm -hmm. It literally just felt, I I just felt free. That's, That's the best way that I can explain it. Hmm. And
0: did you have to struggle with uh, fear at all?
1: Oh, absolutely, and and I still do because mm-hmm. once you are, once you're thirty years healthcare, you you really you know you have all the knowledge, you have all the expertise, you're really good at what you do. There's a comfort that comes mm-hmm. with that. Uh I did that for 30 years in a hospital setting, different positions in a hospital setting, and I kept growing and up-leveling, growing and up-leveling. I mean, my last position, when I talked about the span of control, 100 employees, you know, I I led our team to a award. You know, we won the Beacon Award of Excellence. Our hospital won the magnet designation. Um, I apologize. I forgot where I was going with that for a second. Um,
0: You were telling me how you felt about having made the choice to. Oh, you
1: asked me, yeah. And I asked you about fear. Fear, yeah. And so there's a fear of redefining yourself.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And what comes up and is natural for all human beings. Mm -hmm. But for me, part of the fear was, you know, I've identified myself as a nurse and I'm always going to be a nurse. I'm still a licensed nurse. I'm just not practicing in that setting anymore. But Mm -hmm. part of the fear is, are my nurse friends and family still going to accept me because I'm taking a step in this direction now?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Part of the fear is, can I, can I succeed at this or will I fail? And, you know, people think, well, we only have fear of failure, but we also have fear of success. Yes, Yes, we do. What's that going to look like and how's that going to show up in my life? Is that going to change me? Um, Am I going to, one of the biggest things that I push through now is, if I'm really highly successful in my business or in my coaching, am I going to get myself back in the position of being burnt out, of no, having, yes. mm-hmm. working too many hours, um, having too many demands on my time?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: those are all natural. I mean, I run that into that all the time with my clients, and um, I'm, I'm certain you probably have as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because we don't think of that fear of success. Um, you know, it, it's like somebody used the example once of like, if you want to lose weight, some people don't lose weight. Why don't they? They don't lose weight because that means if they do, they'll have to buy a whole new wardrobe. And, yeah. and that might be a problem. It's like, where am I going to get the money to buy a whole new wardrobe? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, just we don't think about things like that as much. But those are the things that are the, in the subconscious. Those are the things that are in the back. If I'm highly successful, if I'm like outrageously successful, which is what I dream, which is what I want, what will my family think? What will my partner think? Will my partner be all of a sudden feeling like excess baggage or like we're outshining them, not being as, you know, they're not being um, in the spotlight anymore. Now the spotlight has shifted to you. And what's that going to do to your relationship? So there are so many factors that we often don't think about because we do think about the fear is a negative. The fear is what if I fail? It's not always the case. Yeah.
1: And I love what you said about shining your light because, um, What's, what was interesting for me in self-reflection is I told you I was in training development mm-hmm. and for me to stand up in front of an audience and you know, to teach or to present or whatever was, was easy, mm-hmm. but to also take yourself now out and like to do a podcast, to you know be out there on social media, to sh- to really shine the light on you and your work mm-hmm. um, really creates a whole new level of fear. And I, you know, you think about, well, what are they going to think? Or who does she think she is? Yes. You know what I mean? And um, one of the ways around that for me and what has been so freeing, and I I still work through it, but one of the things that when I do that subconscious work is realizing that this is my life. Mm -hmm. It's no one else's. So this is where that 100% accountability comes in. Right. And I can't live my life being worried about what other people think, like, because I have this opportunity to do what I love and what creates my bliss and what my purpose is and what my passion is. And one of the things I love, it was a quote by Marion Williams and everybody knows it. it was that, you know, we're not, we're not afraid to, um, Oh gosh, how's it go again? It's really about shining our light. And, well, oh, when we give ourselves permission to shine our own light, we give others permission to shine theirs. Mm-hmm. And as women, I think we need to lift each other up and support each other and, and applaud, each, applaud each other for shining our light mm-hmm. and sharing our gifts with the world.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you very much. And on that note, we're going to take a small break and come back because we have some more great things to talk about with Lisa. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with your host with Roar to Win. And we are having a conversation with Lisa Sanfilippo, who is just, she's amazing. (laughs) You just have to listen. She's just really amazing. So Lisa, you were talking about, um, we were talking about success and Mm -hmm. fear also. Um, So how do, in the law of attraction, you said that, that you didn't practice it all the time you just kind of played around with it for a little bit how did you get from the point of determining that it was something that you really wanted to do on a daily basis and how did you make that a practice
1: well I think what really was the turning point for me is when I was going through the quantum success coaching academy, because mm-hmm. all the things that you're learning, you also have to apply it in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be a law of attraction coach, a you know, you have to, you just can't be law of attraction. When you want to be law of attraction, it's something that you have to live by. You have to role model it. But when I was doing all that transformational work, which, oh my gosh, in that year, it was amazing. And just consistently applying it, learning it, getting, you know, more detailed information and understanding it and just consistently applying my life and seeing the results and seeing how I felt and seeing how things were showing up. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, used the law of attraction for was, you know, visualizing our dream vacation home, our retirement home, my husband and I, we made the list of everything that we wanted it to be and here i am i'm actually sitting in it now i'm at the beach this weekend so you know we, we built it we moved in in november um so just seeing like how it could just change my life just being able to know that and this is where the accountability comes in that i have the power to shift my thoughts my feelings my emotions at any point in time mm-hmm. and raise my bait va- my vibration and get myself into alignment with those things that I want to deliberately create in my life. Mm-hmm. And to have to feel empowered like that, that you can do that. And so when you get the results, when you just have to believe it and get the results, then it's so much easier just to apply it to your life every day. Cause I would rather be a deliberate creator than a creator by default. And mm-hmm. we're all manifesting all the time. And that's what people don't realize. Like they just think law of attraction is all woo woo woo. But what they don't realize is that with their thoughts, their feelings and their emotions, they're manifesting every single day they're Mm -hmm. just not deliberately focusing and applying how they want to use that universal energy to create even more in their life and to you know just again to create the life of their dreams
0: so did you ever deal with the snarky little voice in the back of your head
1: about can you be more specific
0: um the the snarky little voice is the one that that downplays everything that you try to think. So when you're trying to manifest something in your life, you've got the snarky little voices going, oh yeah, right, sure.
1: Oh, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) And and, you know, and that's where that actually that is where the subconscious comes in. So the Mm -hmm. subconscious wants to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. It wants to keep us, you know, in our little comfort zone because to go outside of our comfort zone, like to think that Um, I could manifest a million dollars or I could manifest a career in my dream or the relationship or the partner of my dream. Um, You know, to do that takes us out of our comfort zone and it wants to keep us safe. And so, um, you know, what I was reading in the past is, our conscious mind only controls about 3% of what we do, and our subconscious mind really controls about 97% of what we do. So if we're going to apply the law of attraction, you really have to also work on what's going on with the subconscious mind and releasing those limiting beliefs, those blocks, all those things that are keeping you stuck down into that, uh, what I would call the vibration of lack. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about that little snarky voice, in the back of your head is your subconscious mind going, who are you? Who do you think that you could have that? That's only available to those people. That's not available to you. You need to stay exactly right where you are because that makes me comfortable and I'm not threatened by that, <laughs> right. you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm human. We're all human. We all um, experience those little voices in the back of our minds that want to keep us safe and, and where we are
0: mm-hmm and isn't it peculiar though that sometimes safe and where you are is the most unhealthy unpleasant unhappy place you can be mm-hmm. but it's safe it's what you're familiar with you know it yeah so, yeah it's uh yeah we are we are the masters of the ship that we that's us or the Ferrari whichever you want <laughs> whichever <laughs> one you want to be in <laughs> yeah so um so how did you're doing the law of attraction and deciding that that was what you're going to do. And then you took this big step to no longer um, work in the healthcare field, the way you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there also is the fear I imagine is like, what happens to your income? You know? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I walked away um, from a very nice salary
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was very, very fortunate um, that uh, my husband and the career that he was in um, was, you know, provided for us very well. So mm-hmm. I was in a position where I could do that, where a lot of people can't and they do. And I, I would still recommend for people to um, when when I do work, you know, with clients mm-hmm. who want to make like shifts in their career or whatever is, yes, you have to do the energy work. You know, that's important. So what I always call it um, in my, my signature coaching program is about alignment and momentum. So you have to get in alignment with source, God, creator, all that is spiritually. Mm-hmm. You have to get in alignment with your intention. You have to get an energetic alignment with your intention by shifting your vibration so you can attract what that's what it is that you want to attract. But you also have to take those. Um, inspired step so you don't want to be irresponsible about it as well it's very important that you come up with a good sound strategy for how you're going to get from where you are to where you want to be Mm -hmm. and I think um, I think it's the combination of that work that helps provide you and give you the momentum to move forward but yes um you know, and, and it was okay with it was okay with me to take a step back financially, mm-hmm. because the work in itself is is so meaningful, is so aligned with purpose and passion, and to, um, I know that I'm growing it. Mm-hmm. See, I'm growing, I'm growing financially, you know, from where it is to where I want to be, and and then I have faith that it's coming, and mm-hmm. and feel gratitude in that moment that yes. Um, the next level of success is on its way. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So gratitude is extremely important in in the law of attraction. It's the, what what you have to have, be grateful for what you have, because if you're not grateful for what you already have, you're not going to get more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, you use, uh, you mentioned meditation sometimes. Mm. And how is meditation? What is, what difference is that made?
1: Oh my gosh! So there were three things I did. I started with the law, you know, practicing the law of attraction. And then uh, while you while I was in the nursing leadership, I really started getting into meditation. And I tell people today that was probably one of the most powerful things that I ever did in changing my health and well being. Mm-hmm. I always call it like the magic pill because there were over ten thousand studies on. Um, the effectiveness of meditation and just the impact that it has um, on your body and your life. Um, You know, certainly anybody that is dealing with any kind of stress, it's going to be a stress reliever. And one of my mentors is Emily Fletcher. I don't know if you've heard of her from Ziva Mind. She's out of New York. Mm -hmm. She's out of New York. She went and studied in India for a couple of years. And there are many different ways that you can meditate. Um, There's no right or wrong. There's just different ways that you can meditate Mm -hmm. and she has, um, it's called the Z Z technique where Mm -hmm. you meditate 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. And what it does is, um, it helps you to release all of the accumulated physical stress that is, has been entrapped in the cellular DNA of your body. Mm -hmm. So for example, all those years, I told you I was 10 years nursing leadership, all Mm -hmm. that accumulated stress, Mm -hmm. you know, when we go to exercise, we can release the um, stress for a day just by releasing endorphins and catecholamines in our bodies, Mm -hmm. but that will will not take care of the accumulated stress in your body. And so when you meditate, one hour of inner work is equivalent of doing seven hours of outer work. So mm-hmm. if you meditate just for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of taking a two-hour nap. So that all those people that are out there in jobs who aren't getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found is the more and more I meditated and, and got a regular process of meditating every day, the more and more joy, the more and more well-being I felt, the more and more energy I felt, the less stress I felt, the more calm I felt. When things stressful things came up in life, it was so easy to handle it. And I've always been a very resilient person. Mm -hmm. So for even me to get to the point of burnout, it was like, like that's, that was not my MO. Right. And it changes the neuroplasticity in the brain. It actually changes the brain and it, and it balances the left and the right side of hemispheres of the brain. And I just think it's like the most amazing thing Mm -hmm. I honestly do. And there's just so many uh, research studies out there to support it. Um, trying to just think of all the other benefits i mean it, redu- it can even reduce cholesterol
0: right you know. well, it can also change the methylation in the DNA so that yes. yeah so that you, if you 're having a like a gene expression that's that 's causing you to uh, behave or make choices or do something that you 're not really happy with the the meditation can actually shift that as well and I just um for me personally, I believe because of the stressors that I have been under, which have been life-threatening stressors actually for the past year and a half. If I had not had the practice of meditation, I believe it probably would have killed me because it was so, so horrific. And yet the 15 minutes in the morning, I didn't know I was doing the Z (laughs) because I I do 15 in the morning and 15 at night. And um, just doing that, it's it's like all the chaos is going on around in my world. It's still there. I haven't gotten rid of it. The chaos is still there. Like you're having to deal with your family member. Um, yes. It's still there. And yet you're able to go through your day with calm and poise and um, be more in tune with your own intuition and your own heart to be able to make good choices and decisions. So, um You have another technique that you um, also believe is very powerful. Would you like to share that with us?
1: Yeah. So the other technique that I combine with meditation is also EFT or emotional freedom technique. A lot Mm -hmm. of people know of it as tapping Mm -hmm. and I like to use that one in my coaching and also for myself, if there are limiting beliefs and blocks that are keeping you stuck. Mm -hmm. So earlier we were talking about, um, staying in our safety zone. So right. anytime we're trying to create a big change in our life, mm-hmm. um, the area of our brain, the amygdala, automatically starts firing and, um, subconscious kicks in and it's, you know, it's going to go and you're going to go into fight or flight and it wants to just keep you safe and sound and where you are. And so anytime you have, um, or you could use it for pain. You can use it for pain, releasing limiting beliefs of blocks. You can uh, use it for stress. So in essence, it's a technique that you're doing where it's based on, um, psychology, which we call talk therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's based on Chinese medicine of, um, the meridians, which is the, um, energy highways that run through our bodies, Mm -hmm. and it's life force energy, the chi, and so they get blocked, and we always want our energy flowing through our body. And so by tapping on certain points of the body, and using, um, you go through a series of, there's a process you follow of identifying all those issues erasing them, identifying the issues, talking them out while you're tapping on the meridian points, and then after that, after you release them, then you're also, then you're replacing it kind of like reprogramming it with mm-hmm. positive affirmations, positive uh, things for how you want to, how you want to be, how you want to feel. And um, it's very, very powerful work. Um, I learned a lot and studied a lot from Nick Ortner. I don't know if you ever heard of him, Nick Ortner. I have,
0: yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so um, it's one of those things, it's just combining some holistic approaches with real-world success strategies uh, to create that powerful change that you want in your life. And I think it's a good one to use, too, to help um, what we refer to in the law of attraction world of releasing resistance. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're in a place of resistance, you can not attract and manifest. So meditation and EFT are two good tools to release resistance so you can increase your vibration
0: absolutely and so um i appreciate i know many practitioners don't do the replacement portion they'll just do the release portion tell me what your idea is around the replace i mean i'm totally on board with you but i'd like you to explain to our listeners why
1: yeah so i'm glad you brought that up because some people um you know, out there in in the world, you know, they may may or may may or may not believe in the law of attraction. They may think it's all woo woo um, because they don't fully understand it, how energy of the universe works, and how they're manifesting anyway. But one of those things with um, yeah, you, know, you just can't release. You always have to put in a new program. It's 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 reprogramming the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure if I'm answering your question and maybe there was a particular thing that you're thinking about but uh, it's It's not all just woo-woo. It's just you have to release You have to bring up out of the body and release what's no longer serving you and then you have to put it in a new Positive program so you can move forward in life um, The way that you want to show up or the way that you want your life to be Is that does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, it does basically um, Taking the negative out creates a vacuum and you've got to replace it with something, because if you don't, then it's going to pull back in the old stuff and you'll begin ruminating on that again. So oh. that's why it's so important to to have the new thing that you're wanting to manifest in your life.
1: Yeah. And I love the analogy that you gave about that vacuum, because you are correct. It does create this vacuum that you need to fill back up.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um you struggled. You talked about your um, your specific issues with a family member who struggled with addiction. How has the law of attraction and and your doing the EFT and um, meditation helped with dealing with that kind of stressor? Because it's it's your child. You gave him life. You love him. How mm-hmm. does how has this helped you?
1: It has been a lifesaver. So. I, if I were to compare the two things that were going on in my world, um, my healthcare world, all the stress and demands, which sounds like a lot if, uh, if I were to describe it to anybody, you would say like, oh my God, you know, my family would say, how do you do that, Lisa? How does anybody do that? And then you compare this situation over here with a family member who has a serious medical condition. I would say the family member with a serious medical condition weighed a thousand times more heavily on mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. my stress than my career mm-hmm. and so it was very very important and I think my advice to anybody who's listening and you know um addiction has become so epidemic in in our society is that they they get the help that they need mm-hmm. because it's it's just not the addictive person who's sick the family becomes sick and so the only way that you can help that person is to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't show up and be that mother or that loved one or that wife or whoever. And so it's very, very important that you find the tools and techniques to um, get your own healing and your own recovery so that you can be there for that person who really needs you. Um, in life because it's a very lonely isolated disease there's a lot of shame there's a lot of guilt there's when when that family member is in a state of relapse you know they do things they say things that um are against their morals their values that they would they wouldn't do when they're straight and when they're able to show up who they naturally are at the soul level but when the, the disease is not managed it affects everybody and so by doing my meditation help me again as you so eloquently put it earlier is it like help me be in a place of calm and peace and connection with my higher source and and to initiate my own process of healing or to tap into my intuition about you know what what do i need to do next how can i best support this person or what do i need to do to take care of myself mm-hmm. um, if eft i use that to um, if some things were going on i just had a lot of really strong emotions that I didn't wanna keep stuff down and, and I didn't wanna stay down in that lower vibratory state, then I would just start tapping to release it mm-hmm. and um, you know, let go of it and then I would replace it with those positive affirming statements on um, what I did want to see happen or how I did want to feel in the, in the state of what was going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, some people have, have tried tapping and they say it doesn't work for them. Um, what are your thoughts around, uh, having a guide versus doing it yourself?
1: I think both are very successful. I think some people can, um, you know, whether read or follow a YouTube video, do some research on it and be able to apply it. Mm -hmm. And I think other people just like anybody in society, some people can go off and be independent and figure their way out through life and other people. People need some guidance and support, and someone to show them how. Um, I think some of the the biggest mistakes that people make with EFT are um, a not really understanding the process. There is a process to do it, and or they're not tapping long enough, or they're um, you know not fully uh, staying in the tapping process to do the release that's necessary, or they're not doing the. Um, they don't know how to word things and put back in the reprogramming. Mm -hmm. So having a coach or a guide or to follow along with someone else with a scripted tapping can be very, very beneficial and helpful to help help you through that process. What I do tell people if I'm sorry, if you're getting into something really, really deep,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because I know where, even though I'm a nurse, I know where to draw the line. Like if so, if there's something that's very traumatic, something that's very deep, then I would refer them to someone who can help manage in those types of things. So you mm-hmm. do have to kind of know what's what's safe to tap on and what is too deep.
0: Um, yeah, because and to explain to our listeners, um, there's something called abreaction, which is that you're actually physically reliving with all of the emotions, all of the body sensations and everything. And if you don't have somebody there to pull you back, to help you back, find your way back to the present, it can be a damaging thing. So, um, so EFT really is very safe. It's just that um, if you do have those deep issues, it's better to have somebody as your guide. Are you a guide? Do you guide people through that?
1: I do guide people through EFT. I'm not a, like a certified EFT practitioner, mm-hmm. um, but based on my um, years of expertise and knowledge in nursing, I do know where to go with it and where not to go with it. What types of things to tap on, what types of things not to tap on that kind of outside of my scope. And I think that is very important
0: mm-hmm. to
1: know the difference and to Absolutely. know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so many of us can go, oh, I can help anybody. No, there are some things that you shouldn't be if you're not trained to be helping people with that particular thing. So, um, and is there anything else that you would like our guests to know? How can they get in contact with you? How can they have a conversation with you?
1: Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity to be able to share that with your audience. Um, so I can be reached um, via email at lisa Sanfilippo, life Coach, Um at Lisa Sanfilippo Life Coach at gmail.com, or they can visit my website at lisasanfilippo.net. So my name is spelled L I S A S A N F I L I P P O.net. And I do have a free gift that I would like to offer them. We talked a little bit about positivity and positive affirmations. So I have a, um, a free PDF report called Co Creating Abundance mindset hacks with positive affirmations. And what they can get in there is how to structure a really good positive affirmation um, it has over 300 positive affirmations that they can select from that are in eight different areas of life. So they can, um, because the structure of the positive affirmation is important as well. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, when we're, whether we're doing EFT or replacing with something else that you have a really good, well-constructed positive affirmation. And so yeah, they can get wonderful. that. Yeah, they can get that at my website. Again, um, lisasanfilippo.net. There's a tab at the top called free resources. There is a link, um, but the link that I gave you is kind of long, and I think that would be difficult for your audience to really follow. Um, In the upcoming year, I want to um, switch my website to uh, a different one. So right now, that's kind of the capabilities with it. So I, I don't, probably just easier if they just go to my website and click on free resources.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with Lisa, with us, Lisa. I really appreciate your um, telling us about the law of attraction and, and uh, EFT and affirmations and all of that. And I really appreciate our conversation. So thank you so much.
1: I do too. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It really was uh, such a pleasure to
0: be here today. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries, and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win! I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of
1: our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.